0: All right, welcome to the BBC, <laughs> Brent Broadcasting Channel, not to be confused with the other guys. Anyway, uh, this is the first broadcast of the week. Wow. Kind of feels strange, but yeah, yeah, this is good. But I'm, all, I'm always happy when I get a chance to talk to a fellow blue hen. And I guess there are people out there who don't know exactly what a blue hen is. But it is a person who graduated (laughs) from the University of Delaware, and that would be Lori McCabe from the SMB Group. Lori, thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, Brent, great to see you. How are you doing?
0: I am sheltering in place like everybody else is, so you know. Good,
1: staying well.
0: (laughs) Staying well. How is it up there?
1: Well, it's bad in Massachusetts. So, and the governor here is very conservative. So we're we're taking the slow road here.
0: Well, we're taking the exact opposite approach here, in I know that. <laughs> The road is fully open at this point. Yeah. We'll see how that works out, but you know.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, well, we're kind of looking at you guys like the guinea pigs.
0: That's what I hear a lot, actually yeah. <laughs> well,
1: is, we'll see how it goes down there and you know. <laughs> you
0: well, know, just, just keep checking in on me every now and again, just to yeah, make sure we I'm We will. Well you are not you're not getting out a
1: lot, so that's a <laughs> good
0: no, I'm staying put. I am definitely sheltering in place. So it's let's, let's really like that. Go so I'm glad that we we're able to, to talk a little bit about this new report that you uh, the SMB group that you and Sanjeev uh, put out recently to talk about kind of what's the, the state of small business in the age of the coronavirus. And tell us a little bit about this report and, and kind of the why you decided to do it right now.
1: Well, we actually fielded the report the last week of March and kind of like as soon as this thing hit, you know, like everybody else, we were kind of in shell shock mode. But we pretty quickly realized that, um, you know, people knew that the impact of this thing was going to be really horrific on small and medium businesses. But at that point, nobody was really quantifying it. So we turned to a a few of our clients and um, said, hey, you want to partner with us and do a study to actually bring some data into the picture. And like I said, we fielded this in the last week of March. So I think it was one of the first surveys that were out there. We really wanted to get an idea of how much they were being affected, both in terms of the business, the employee situation, what industries were being more effective, affected, you know, where, had they laid off, were they planning to lay off, were they, you know, where were they really reducing spending, all those kinds of things.
0: So I uh, popped up uh, kind of a, well, let me actually show people what, what I popped up here. So here is kind of the the overarching top-level takeaways. Mike you walk us through.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this was the last week of March, but already 75% of the, the respondents that we surveyed were like, yes, this thing is negatively impacting us. And at that point, you know, I think it was really interesting that last week of March, 3% of these businesses had already gone under and were not planning to reopen. Um, And about 43% had already closed temporarily. And, you know, I think that the other thing that this chart really says is that that revenue impact, right? You probably can't read all the little writing, but among those 75% that said, yep, this is hurting us, we have a negative impact. Um, 60% of them thought their revenues would drop by about 30% or more in the next six months. So we kind of confirmed what we, what we knew. And one of the things, you know, as time has gone on that I wonder a lot about is this 43%, you know, the ones that closed temporarily, how many of them will, you know, be weathering and able to reopen. You know, they plan to do that now over a month ago but you know we know the cash flow situation's really kind of constricted in a lot of smbs so it's very concerning
0: well I, just looking at that uh bottom right the the bar graph there what percentage of negative impact on revenues do you expect it to have on your business in the next six months and Man, that, those are some pretty significant numbers.
1: Yeah, and you know, like I said, this was right out the gate, pretty much. Um, you know, we were all in that shock and awe period of, oh my God, you know, the, the sky is falling. But it it didn't take long for for I think a lot of business owners to realize, man, this is going to have this this huge effect on my business. So,
0: uh, sadly. Yeah, that's uh, and I was looking at this one here around what effect do you think it'll have on your supply chain?
1: Yeah, or it's
0: already. I mean, I mean, it's it's already showing up. Like, I'm glad that you keep on talking about this. You did this at the end of March, right? Because that was a full month, a little <laughs> over a month ago. Yeah. So we know that things have shifted, and I'm guessing shifted to a more negative view. But even at, at this time, it was already showing up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think actually the supply chain effect may have been very, the the supply chain effect, unlike maybe these other things on the bar chart, may have been actually worse than when you think about it, because that's when a lot of the issues with um, suppliers overseas were kind of at their worst. Now I'm not a supply chain expert, but my understanding is that some of those issues have eased a bit. So I think in some cases, and depending on the industry and depending on where your supply chain is and and what you're you're manufacturing or what you're selling or whatever, there's gonna be differences. But this one may be one that's maybe getting a little better. I think the ones on the chart though, the bar chart though, Um, you know, that's obviously in-store business traffic. There were still businesses open at uh, the end of March. Well, sounds like there are again in Georgia. But, you know, here in my state, uh, in most of the Northeast, not much is open. So you have to really imagine that in a lot of areas, there's literally no in-store traffic, right? Um,
0: yeah, and, I mean you – know,
1: we see things picking, you know, opening plan to open up. So future bookings, hopefully like at salons and, and spas and whatever dental offices are hopefully picking up.
0: We'll see. I mean, uh, down here, it was about a week and a half ago when we opened up. And the first thing that opened up for us were gyms, uh, <laughs> barbershops, nail salons. Uh, and it seemed like there is something else, but, and then they, and then that was with the caveat of social distancing. I don't know. How, oh yeah. I forgot about the tattoo parlor. So, oh, so yeah, I don't know how that's
1: an emergency service for most of us, right?
0: <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how do you social distance getting a tattoo? You know, it, I, it's kind of dangerous.
1: I mean, have they, have people been, I mean, what have you seen about people going back to these businesses down
0: there? I think it's been pretty slow. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, there are people at least, you know, looking at the news accounts that you do see some, like a trickle of people taking a, taking advantage of that. Yeah, um, But it, it's, it, but it does seem like there's still a pretty significant apprehension to even when the, when the governor says open up, it's not like people are rushing back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's going to be pretty selective. I think um, a lot of people are going to pick the must do thing, like maybe their hair and take that risk, but maybe they won't get a massage or something like that. Um,
0: And I think now they, they open up the, uh, I, I, I don't know if you can, I think you can do sit in dining but they're kind of configured for social distancing. So.
1: Yeah, not really to me anyway, I think the restaurants might be one of the harder ones. It's just, you know, you go in there, everybody's, you know, while the wait people are in their masks and I don't know if you're supposed to wear a mask except for when you're actually shoveling the food in your mouth, but (laughs) (laughs) it it, kind of seems like, you know, maybe it's not that conducive to a, a nice meal out, but, um, you know, on the flip side, you know, you want to support these businesses and and you know get back in there, um, but want to figure out how to do it in a safe way. And and I kind of feel like in a, a something like a hair salon, maybe you know they can put up the the shower curtains, they can limit the people. Everybody can wear a glove and mask. Maybe there's a way to do that pretty safely um other things on like a gym maybe i'm not so sure about that
0: yeah you know there's a lot of sweating going on at the gym yeah. anyway you know so <laughs> and a lot of folks not you know all somewhat forgetting the you know wipe down right the, the other stuff we'll see right. I, I, i'm not so sold on that but we'll, we'll see
1: yeah I, yeah i know everybody i think's been getting back to running bike rides all that outside
0: well i mean, I'm, i just uh turn to the, another page of your survey. Mm. And as we were talking, we were talking about, you know, some of the industries that it's ironically, they were, they were the first ones open down here. But as you can see on your slide, some of those were the, the ones that everybody expected to be impacted the most.
1: Right. Um, right.
0: So yeah, we'll see how you they know, come personal
1: back. Personal services, hospitality, retail, hostel you know, we, we did a, follow-up analysis after this, but not only are some of those industries the ones that are feeling the biggest impact right now, they're the ones that are, um, you know, we had another question in there that's not in this uh, ebook, but they also are most likely to believe that conditions are going to worsen for them over time, right? Um, so they are really taking it on the chin, right?
0: Yeah, I, I was kind of interesting to see independent software vendors uh, up pretty significantly.
1: Um, up? What do you mean up?
0: Oh, it's eighty-three percent say they uh, that they should be affected. Yeah, Am I I, right? I
1: was too, but the uh, the flip side of that is that in this future question, they are much they think things are going to get better faster. And I think, you know, we look at these huge companies like Facebook and Google and uh, Microsoft, and we know they're doing very well. But I do think some of the smaller vendors, uh, you know, who would be the ones in our study are are worried because people are, even though the, the software spending is going to, Uh, be less affected by budget cuts from SMBs and some of the other categories we asked about, they're still cutting spending. And maybe new things that they were thinking about doing, they're kind of putting on the back burner for a while. The other thing is, you know, so much in the cloud is is per user per month, right? And when you think about it, if people are laying off, they're not going to need as many seats. That's Whether true. it's for their HR app or their CRM app or their uh, whatever app, collaboration apps, you know. And, and then there's a lot of free stuff right now. Um, and maybe people are saying, hey, I'm using something that I'm paying for. I'm going to, and maybe I didn't even, I wasn't even that crazy about it to begin with. So maybe I'm going to just try one of these free things now. Um, yeah. So I think that's kind of the thinking there
0: and it, it seemed like uh, a lot of the cloud uh, software companies, they were kind of first to create these kind of programs that help their customers, you know, not have to, you know, pay or right. very big discounts. And, and, and I think they're doing it for the right reason. They're doing it because they want to help. But it also is a, you know, when you think about it pretty smart, because the longer that you can stay connected to your customers, uh, you know, if you can see them through this crisis and see them to the other side, chances are they're going to be sticking with you after things get better, too.
1: Right. I like to say, you know, you, you need to try to figure out for your company, whether you're big or small, if if you're staying the course, and going to stay in business. How can you go, do good now? Because the good you do now will have a halo effect later. Uh, Like you said, hopefully it's also happening for more selfless motivations. But, um, yeah, you know, I, it is interesting though, with that whole, you know, something like zoom or, you know, any of these video apps, getting those, um, free, you know, no big deal because you can just turn it on and, and they're really pretty easy to figure out how to use. They don't really involve business processes. I, I do wonder about, like, the uptake on free apps um, that, that have, you know, you have to think more about how you configure it and set it up and stuff like that. So my thought is that the companies that always had some kind of freemium may be better equipped to get somebody successfully on a freemium offering.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, right now you know, before uh, the pandemic, I would say most of the efforts of, of these companies were around customer acquisition. You know, maybe 60, 70, eight, you know, some words, maybe yeah. of 80% of their initiatives were based on bringing on new customers. That is completely shifted, rightfully so, because nobody is looking to take on, you know, add a new service unless, you know, there's some kind of really deep discount. Most of Most of these companies are looking to, figure out how can we extend, you know, the relationship with customers we currently have. How do we, right. as you said, I, or I like to say, it's like the chips are down, you know, when the chips are down theory, because when the chips are down, when times are tough, you want you want a vendor that is not just there for a transaction. You want them to be there right. because you they view you as something beyond just a transaction. Uh, and, and you want to have that kind of relationship when the chips are down, and and when things get better, you're, there's no reason at all for you to think about going to somewhere else because you this company helped you get through the tough time when the chips are down. So it seems like the you know the switch to really focusing on customer retention um, it's smart, but you you got to be able to, to to do it in a way that you know. I like to say your, your small business customers feel it. Uh, they feel like you're really in it with them.
1: Yeah, it's it's all that soft stuff that's hard to really quantify, but, um, and, you know, and I think, you know, one of the other kind of things to look at is, are they, you know, get, they're giving away a lot of them free software, but kind of what else are they doing? What are they doing maybe to help me onboard? Or if I'm in an industry, that is seen just like a huge spike, like maybe I do manufacture masks or, you know, I, I turn my distillery into a hand sanitizer factory, <laughs> you know, whatever those is. Are they doing stuff to kind of accelerate me and and get me whatever I need, you know, to to handle that that spike in demand? Um, you know, so that the the great thing is I think we've seen a lot of these vendors step up with you know, everything from the free software to grants to, um, you know, I just saw uh, Salesforce had something with uh, te- helping them with employee testing. Um, yeah, HubSpot,
0: that's the, the yeah, com this, initiative,
1: yeah. Yeah, HubSpot has this cool thing on their site um, where you can go in and, and look and see. And you know, none of us know what good looks like now, right, in terms of marketing. So you can kind of go in and and benchmark yourself against their aggregate user data for things like email opens or new deals in the pipeline and probably feel a lot better because what you'll see on there is, you know, everybody's taking a big nosedive. It's not just you. And hopefully as things recover, we'll be able to see, you know, what that looks like and not be over expecting for our own businesses. Right.
0: And I think it's really important. I, I put up this slide here. You know, it yeah. always seems to be the case when when things are bad, for, just in general, from a business perspective, it's like terrible for small business, very small businesses.
1: Yeah, it it sadly that's true, and I think a lot of that just has to do with cash flow, right? I mean, the average very small business only probably has a few weeks of cash flow, cash on hand, to weather anything. Now, I think the really, maybe the silver lining to all of this, though, is that, you know, there will be people laid off. There are already, obviously, businesses that have closed. But we know out of every bad situation, a thousand new flowers are going to bloom or, you know, millions probably. There's going to be a lot of people both that had a business, that they had a close-up business starting new ones. There's going to be a lot of people laid off starting businesses. And I think, you know, the recession that we had last time, we we certainly saw this. Uh, I think we're going to see even more. I mean, last time it was, okay, maybe we need new financial models and business practices and things like that to really differentiate. I think now it's like everything's changed. Everything is up for grabs. Everybody is looking for new ways to do new things that we need now that we didn't know we needed or we probably didn't need before this happened. And so I think that we are going to have a, a huge wave of innovative new companies that come out of this. And, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what we like to do is look on the brighter side, but I, I truly do believe that.
0: Well, it, it it sounds like, you know, I, I pop up this slide around, you know, what you're, I think what you're talking about is a new normal and, and part of the new normal means maybe not as many, uh, humans doing certain things and more automation, uh, more automated processes coming to smaller businesses.
1: Oh, I, I, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I mean, here, here's one for you, Brett. if you and I were, engineers, which we're not, you know, I I know like both my son and my significant other work at Raytheon and they're going in now getting a temperature check every day by a person. Well, what a great IOT solution that would be, right? You shouldn't have to have a human give them a temperature check.
0: Um, Matter matter of fact, there was a, this, uh, I forget the name of the smart, I think they were a smart watch. No, it was a smart, the thought, smart thermometer uh manufacturer and one of the things that they started doing as the as the pandemic came around was you know they're able to to see what the temperatures are of the people who, their customers and i think they had several 100,000 of these devices out there spread out you know in the country and and they could start determining hot spots because yeah they yeah, they, they have the, the device that can you know Get people's temperatures, and then not only do are they getting the temperature, they're getting their geolocation. You know, they know the age of the first, I mean, so they have all this data, and now they're able to use you know, like you were saying, IoT, to start determining things like what what's a hotspot in terms of people. You know, a, a a geographic area where the temperatures seem to be going up.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean that's kind of like really innovative. But I think even at the you know, more block and tackle stuff, you know, the more time any business has to spend on just the drudgery and the rote work that, you know, you just do over and over, like processing invoices or, you know, uh, expense reports or something like that, the more you can kind of automate that you can focus the staff you do have on the, um, You know, attracting customers, engaging customers, making cool, innovative products and services, keeping people, you know, really keeping tabs on what people really want so that you can innovate and stay ahead of the curve and stay in business instead of doing that stuff that at the end of the day, you need all that stuff in your business. You can't not process invoices or accounts payable or do expense reports. you need to do it. But if you spend like a lot of time on that, think about what you're not getting to spend time on that really could grow your business.
0: And when we think about very small businesses, it seems like terms like digital transformation, they don't really mean that much to them. Uh, I think, you know, maybe coming out of this, it will mean a lot more than it did before this, uh, but it seemed like the focus was on uh, digital transition. how do they
1: yeah.
0: how do they use modern technologies to streamline processes that they you know just to be from a more efficiency and a a cost optimization standpoint, and not necessarily what can we do with this technology that that would maybe even radically change what we are able to offer customers? Do you think that that is going to happen now more so after this, that that small businesses are going to really start looking at technology, not just from an efficiency standpoint, but from an opportunity standpoint?
1: I think it's a, it's a process, right? And it's, you know, we talk about all these V shapes and U shapes and this (laughs) shape and that shape, but I mean, we've seen, we do a survey every year on digital transformation. And we have definitely seen that SMB's understanding of what digital transformation is, is, is growing. And they're uh, you know, something like 82% of them say uh, using digital technology effectively is key to keeping my business competitive and sustainable. So they get it. A lot of them get it. The problem is a lot of them don't have the resources, the expertise, the time, the money. Um, and, and so it's kind of like, I guess if you live in a house and you see, you know, I got a leaky roof, I know I need to fix it, but I, I don't have the money to hire somebody right now. And I can't get on that ladder myself (laughs) and climb up there. And I don't know what I'd be doing anyway. Um, that's kind of the problem. And so I think, you know, in, in some cases, yes, businesses that survive this I think are going to be a lot more laser focused on not just the ball of the block and tackle of how do I do things more streamlined effectively but how do I do things so I get more of a differentiation and competitive advantage but there's still going to be the haves and the have-nots with technology sadly you know the good news is is that there are a lot of ways that you can take advantage of a lot of technology. I'm thinking of Zoho right now, um, where you can just use almost any application without spending any money if you're really tiny. Um, I think you just need some hand-holding, probably. But yeah, I think, I think as more of them become aware that there are more things they can use without like a big investment, um, they will use more of them.
0: Well, one of the things that everybody seems to be using and doubling down on is you know video conferencing like Zoom. Uh-huh. Look, I my sister a couple of weeks ago sent me a text. And my sister's a retired school teacher, mind you, sent me a text talking about she just got off of her second Zoom. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even know you knew how to spell Zoom. You know, you're you're doing yeah. Zooms
1: she's a teacher so so she probably
0: knows how to spell it I know that's for effect that's all uh but so you you're seeing you know everybody kind of gravitating to that kind of thing what are the other uh technologies you you talked about zoho and, and kind of their their platform allows you to get started with things without very much money at all but what are the technologies that you see becoming extremely important coming out of well during and even After we get
1: past the, the pandemic, yeah, yeah, great question. I mean, we asked them in the survey what you know, what cloud applications are you using, and and what do you plan to use. But we also asked them how valuable have these different things been in your business and keeping your business going during this crisis. And very interestingly, and they were all pretty close, but the top one. With online cloud business solutions,
0: let's see if I can bring so that, you that
1: online. You know, marketing or, or sales or accounting or whatever it is, and that was followed very closely by the the conferencing solutions. Of course, the Zooms, the Zoho meetings, the Join Me's, the on and on and on Microsoft Teams. I don't know. There seems to be a zillion of them. But some of the other areas that, you know, people are are finding, you know, like three quarters of the, the respondents are finding extremely valuable are things like remote IT and access solutions. I have a friend that works for a charitable organization. Everyone used to work in the office. Now everybody's working at home. And... So they had to, you know, hurry out and find someone that could set them up with a remote IT access solution. After they figured out how to buy and get everybody equipped with laptops, but <laughs> um, you know, and and she said we have to have that because you know our people they're 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 in the charity business. They either do, um, you know, behind the scenes stuff or therapy or whatever, and they don't know how to fix something if they can't use it. That's a biggie. Um, I think all the collaboration solutions like file sharing and, um, you know, Slack and things like that, they're really, really important. And, um, you know, we can't forget about all the backup and and kind of business continuity. The last thing you want to do is, is, uh, you know, not be backed up right now. And then security. I think people are starting to realize that they're, a lot of bad guys trying to take advantage of this right now. Um, but I, I would say, sadly, um, security, probably a lot of businesses don't invest. They they worry about it extremely a lot, but they probably don't take enough precautions security wise still.
0: What about things that we should be on the lookout for folks who have been using these applications, have a lot of data up in the cloud. What if a vendor that they kind of depended on pretty heavily? What are the signs, or is, are you seeing any potential of like a a vendor saying, "Hey, look, we we're going to have to go down too," and,
1: and uh, we yeah. may go down
0: with a whole bunch of people's data? You know.
1: Well. I think you know that is a concern probably with with smaller vendors, right? Like we're talking about, well, I don't think Microsoft's gonna go down or Salesforce or somebody like that. They're they're obviously very stable big companies with a lot of cash in the bank. Um but I do think you probably have to kind of scrutinize all the the subscriptions that you have for online services and then check out maybe more than you would normally do. You know, if you if it's a business dependent thing, uh, is this company in any jeopardy of going under? Um, and and if they are, you, you want to at least make sure that you're backing all your data up. Uh, you know, uh, apart from that vendor. Because even a vendor with very good intentions, if they go under, you may, even if they have very good intentions of giving you your data, it may take you too long to get it. So that's a great, great thing to think about.
0: So I'm going to put the crystal ball in your hand. <laughs> do you have a crystal ball? I thought you were re- actually reaching for the crystal ball there for a second.
1: No, I, I <laughs> wish I had a uh I used to have an eight ball, but I don't a magic eight ball. I was I was looking around to see if I still have it up <laughs> No, there. You don't want
0: to
1: be I think it's you don't in the be basement behind it. don't want to be behind
0: that eight ball. So yeah. Uh how how long do you think things are gonna <laughs> be like this? And and what what does the other side of this look like for for very small businesses
1: well i would really be um delusional if i thought i knew how long this was going to last matter of fact i was just listening to somebody on npr saying you know the health experts have three scenarios right <laughs> depending on all these different factors with social distancing and the rate of transmission so i i don't know on the least qualified person that. Yes. <laughs> I think you know we're going to very slowly um, find out what this new world is going to look like. I think there's going to be a lot of experimentation um, and a lot of time seeing what people are comfortable with, right? your business you want someone to buy whatever it is you're you're selling um what do you need to do to make them comfortable make them feel safe and also i think one of the things maybe that there's not enough attention to right now is you know people buy whether it's b2b or b2c for a lot of emotional reasons and our emotions are really changing now and i think what's going to motivate people to buy even above and beyond what you're doing in that restaurant or that hair salon or that retail shop, that's going to have a big impact too. Right. Um, you know, what are the new emotions that people, business people have to kind of tap into and tune into so that they're delivering relevant services and products. Um, you know, it's gonna be different. But I think we're gonna see a lot of stuff change. I mean, we were talking about before like automatic sensors for temperature and uh, we're probably going to accept a lot of tracking kinds of things because we're gonna want to, you know, do privacy. We're of course we want privacy, but you know, kind of health sometimes trumps privacy. (laughs) And uh, so there'll be a lot of things changing. I mean, healthcare I think, has already changed. Could you get a telemedicine a tele- appointment with your doctor before this? Probably not. Can you get one now? Most definitely. There's right. even dental practices doing. And I don't know how you do that. I guess you open up your mouth on Zoom and at least they can look <laughs> in there. Um, eye doctors I've seen, I guess they can probably put a lot of the charts up so, and, you know, tell you where to sit. And hmm. So I just think so many things are going to be different. I don't think a lot of people will be going back into offices five days a week that, that used to be in offices five days a week. Um, so some of these things are really obvious, but I think. There's a whole lot of other things that we'll just kind of see play out and, you know, iterate and evolve over time.
0: So things are definitely going to be different. But do you think small business has seen their best days or even with all the things that are different, do you think the best days for small businesses are still ahead? The
1: best days for small businesses are still ahead. I mean, small businesses are the wellspring of new ideas, new ways to do things. Um, And I have no doubt that, you know, for every small business that that goes under, we'll probably see three new small businesses, um, you know, emerge. I, I, you know, we know you and I know that's what happened in the last recession. Um, And, yeah, I mean, is it going to be easy? No, but is it is it going to be really a time when somebody can get a big leg up in the market? Yeah, because the market's right for people who have ideas to do things differently. And one of the things we're doing is we're going to be doing another version of the survey in June. And that survey is really going to be focused on how are small, medium businesses kind of thinking about and carving out a path forward, right? So I think in that survey, we're going to find out a lot of what they're doing that works, that things also that maybe are not working, um, and really getting a good sense of, of what these businesses are doing to either stay or become relevant in these really, really, Not only different, but I mean, it's so volatile and uncertain. Like, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe somebody has that crystal ball, but I don't. I don't know whether, you know, people are going to be feeling, oh, yeah, let's just all go to the restaurant. That's great. In a month or it's going to be six months.
0: Ah, okay. so where can people go to get this report?
1: Well, we have this report and we have three infographics right on the SMB group website. They're all free. It's SMB small medium business (laughs) hyphen gr.com. And so you can just go there. They're all on the homepage, right, right in front of you when you log in.
0: And that's how blue Hens do it folks. We, yeah. we we get that information <laughs> and we yeah, put blue it hens, out there we,
1: we have to try harder
0: <laughs> we yeah because after the after the laughter ends when we say we're blue hens then we have to go in right, and really try right hard. right
1: right exactly
0: try to gain that respect back that we just lost i know
1: yet. there are a couple of worse mascot names but we won't go there we, we can only we can only just our own mascot name <laughs>
0: Okay, if Lori says so. Well, do
1: that. You know, I don't want to get in trouble.
0: <laughs> hey, this has been fun, Lori. Thanks again for making the time. And maybe when you have your next uh, report up, the updated one, uh, let's do it again.
1: Oh, that would be awesome, Brad. All right, thank you. And everybody out there, stay healthy, stay well.
0: Yeah, and just stay sheltered in place for the time being.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. Don't be the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, bye Brent!